Welcome to Make It Happen, a podcast for big-hearted creatives who are aching to build impactful, fulfilling, and sustainable creative lives on their own terms and by their own rules every step of the way. I'm Jen Carrington, a creative coach based in the UK, and you are listening to episode four of season six. So for today's episode, I'm joined by my husband, Alex, as he's actually the producer of this podcast and also a podcast editor by trade too. And I wanted to bring him on this season to have a conversation about podcasting with for anyone who wants to start their own show and needs some encouragement and guidance to help get them started. We also talk a little bit at the beginning about Alex leaving his job to work for himself full time last year, how we took that risk and leap together financially, and also a little bit about how we build our creative lives alongside each other too. We had lots of fun recording this and I really hope you enjoy it. Let's jump in. Hi, Alex. Welcome to the show that is being hosted in your own living room. Thank you very much for inviting me into my <laughs> living room. <laughs> uh, when I was putting together the list for this season, there was like a spot left open. And then you jokingly said one evening, like, I'll come on. And I looked at you like, like, loser, no, you're not welcome. And then like a few days later, I was like, Alex, I've had this idea. You're coming on the show. Pity interview because you couldn't fill the spot with anyone else. No, no, that was not the case. It was because I work with so many wonderful clients who also start podcasts. And a lot of the time they ask me questions and there's only a certain layer of podcast advice that I can give. I can give advice as a content creator and as a business owner who has a podcast. I know absolutely nothing about producing or making a podcast because you have done all of that for me. That is actually what your job is. You're a podcast editor. Mm -hmm. So I'm bringing you on to this episode to pick your brain about podcasting. And my biggest hope is that this can be like a resource episode for anyone who is wanting to start a podcast or has a podcast and they can just come back to it and feel really supported in that journey. But however, before we jump in to the podcasting part of the episode, you came on the show, what, like two years ago now? Maybe a year and a half ago? Something like that. And you interviewed me. Yep. And a lot has changed since then. We got married. Yep. We got a dog. Mm -hmm. And you left your job. And now I'm the guest on the podcast. <laughs> but you left your job, which is, this is a show about making things happen. And this is a show about being a creative and a creative business owner. And you are now officially one of us crazy creative business owners too. Yes. You left, the club. <laughs> you left your job in what? June of last year? Yes. July. June, Ju July. Yeah, June, July. When we got married. When we got married, yeah. It was like, Alex is, I think the way you described it to your boss was, oh, I'm getting married, so I'm leaving my job. <laughs> but, um, but yes, leaving the day job is kind of like this. It's this thing that's spoken about in the online business world. And I thought we could just take a few minutes just to have a very honest conversation about that around A, leaving your job and how it's felt and B, how's it been the past few months of leaving your job? So yeah, I, me and Alex, I think I might have said this in the last episode. I have a tendency to talk for Alex a lot. Like my parents, when we're around at their house, they ask him a question and I go to answer it for him. And then they sometimes tell me that I'm not allowed to talk for a certain period of time so they can actually talk to Alex for once. So I'm going to try my best not to be like, what's the word here? alpha female <laughs> oppressive wife <laughs> my spokesperson <laughs> i'm gonna let alex talk for what so alex is gonna be so excited today because he gets to talk yes <laughs> so how has it been so far being your own boss fun and scary and probably as most people will relate to if they've taken the same leap from leaving a, a stable and comfortable and regular job to having to do everything by yourself or manage everything yourself knowing that that feeling of there's nothing that's going to take care of you but yourself. Or your wife. Or my wife. <laughs> Which is actually one of the reasons that I was able to do it was because you were the, the biggest support in, able, in being able to take that leap. 
I've not paid him to say this, by the way. It's not like just come on the show to talk about how amazing I am. No, I actually think it's really good to have this honest conversation because I think, I mean, if you are a regular listener of the show, you would have heard last episode of Sarah Tasker, me and Sarah talked about this a little bit more about how I became the breadwinner last year and supported Alex to leave his job. And I think we see a lot of the time people will leave their job and pursue their creative dreams. And we're like, yeah, but how did you do it? Mm -hmm. Because the truth of the matter is, if you're a grown ass human who has bills to pay, which is all of us, you can't just leave your job without a plan, without having savings in the bank or without someone else footing the bill or without having a ton of work lined up already. And I think um, it was always our dream and we just didn't know when it was going to happen we kind of Alex has been freelancing like on and off while managing you had your day job as a barista you were freelancing sometimes you'd have lots of clients sometimes you'd have less clients and then last year actually at the beginning of 20 I said I spoke about this with Sarah so I'm going to go over this very fast but last year at beginning of 2017 we made the decision for you to go part-time at your job Mm -hmm. and because Alex does all of my audio editing and you also do like any of my ebooks that I create and my courses that I create you do all my audio editing so you're basically like the second member of the team anyway. Definitely. But you came on board as like a part-time member of my team and I pay you like a, a, a salary because As of an employee. Yeah. And um, and you went part-time and the dream was always, okay, you're going to quit your job and go for this full-time. But I, this is the thing I really want to talk about with you today as we were talking about this a little bit, is like the idea of like real risk and perceived risk. Because this, when it came to you leaving your job, it came down to me to say, yeah, it's time to do that. So even though you left your job, it was, I had to take the leap as well. Yeah. So when you say real and perceived risk, the 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 real risk was like we need to know how we can pay our bills. That's the risk because we're losing a portion of our household income. The perceived risk was saying that, hey, we're going to have, I have this security right now, but really it's no different to I have to work either way, whichever way, whether I'm going out somewhere to work or working from home. No, I think it's really interesting because I feel like looking back, the way I saw it was like we, you had this stable job and I've worked for myself for all of adulthood. Mm-hmm. And even though like you were on, like you were paid by the hour, it wasn't like, A, wasn't what you wanted to do with your life and B, nor was it actually all that stable. Like yeah. I can, I could make what you made in a day in like an hour just, and you can too make way more money working for yourself than you ever could have doing that job. But it was just the idea of having a job where you had a paycheck and it was stable and someone else was in charge. It was very much letting go, because to take the leap, I had to look in the bank and I'd say, wait, we can do this. And it was very much me saying, oh, this is on me now. Like, this is all on me, even though for a long time, the majority of our income was on me just because I was earning more. But it was really funny because the mindset that I got to was like, I want you to be happy and I want you to be fulfilled and I want you to build a career that brings you joy and you working in a job that is just literally to bring in money wasn't ever going to get you there. So it looking, and I remember when we decided to take the sleep, I was panicked. Like I couldn't sleep for a few nights. Like it was very scary for me. And it's really funny looking back because there was more risk you staying there. There was more risk of you staying somewhere where you couldn't grow. And we decided to take this leap. And I think it's just, the only reason we were able to take the sleep is because I have the income to support you to do that. Mm. And also it's just funny how I think it could have been possible for us to have not taken that leap if I'd have allowed my fears. And I always said to Alex, like my biggest fears in that moment was not, Alex not making an income or like if Alex was going to make this work, it was me. It was like, can I do this? But the funny thing is I was already doing it. But it's funny looking back thinking, wow, like that fear could have stopped us making the best decision we've ever made. Like our life has been wonderful since you left that job because we were completely in control of our schedule. We got a dog. Like we don't have to just worry about you only having like five weeks holiday a year. Like it's wonderful, but it's just, I guess the reason I wanted to talk about this at the beginning of this episode is because 
the idea of risk as a business owner and as a risk as a human is sometimes if we can take the fear out of the equation, we can look at it with more objective lens. Because in that moment, it was like, wait a minute, the actual money that we're losing, you can make that so much faster and easier by working for yourself. You just need time to build up your business. And I'm already making it, so it was fine. But what we gain in time and freedom and joy was worth losing it. And we just had the privilege of being in the financial situation to do that. And I guess for you, it's been so cool to watch you since then, because I was saying to you before we started recording, the thing I think you've been doing the most is discovering who you are as a business owner. Like, I don't think, I've never, until you became, went full-time working for yourself, I've never even heard you like talk about being a business owner. Like it's it's something that you're really, I don't think it would even say it would come natural to you. No, I think I'm still working on that as well to be like, hey, I've got this entity outside of me that is mm-hmm. the work that I do. Um, and also keeping it detached from my own personal self is something that I'm still learning. Yeah, but it's so interesting because this is what I see a journey so many people go on is you have this desire to work for yourself and you have this skill or this gift or this strength that you want to monetize. But the biggest journey is actually discovering A, what your business is. Because you have a skill, you could just freelance podcast edit, which you do. But we've been exploring together, like, well, what's actually your business model and your brand and what are you actually offering and what is this? And then you discovering who you are as a business owner. Like, it's so funny, like you are learning to plan your week and you're learning to like have ideas and you've been creating content. And it's just, I think that's a part of the journey that we don't talk about enough is like your journey of discovering who you are as a business owner and finding a home in that because no one else can do that for you. It's like, it's really weird that people would think, oh, your wife is a creative coach who helps business owners. You've got it made. (laughs) And obviously I'm here and I support you, but I've been very hands-off because I'm here to support you and like bounce ideas around always, but I've just had this wonderful, I just watched you slowly become a business owner. Well, I think also keeping our work and personal life separately <laughs> is also another thing. I don't think you want to f- feel like I'm a client that you have. That would, that would be, might be a bit awkward. <laughs> I think it's more, sometimes I feel really bad for Alex because say it's been like the end of a day and I've been with clients all day and then Alex has something he wants to talk to me about and I'm like, Alex, I've been doing this all day. Tell me tomorrow. <laughs> but it's uh no I mean it's it's been an adjustment working from home together I mean we started our relationship off being around each other all the time because we were at university and then you worked for a few years out of the home and then I was in the home and it's been people my clients always ask me like how do you and Alex because me and Alex by the way live in a one-bedroom apartment in the city center with three animals so we have the world's tiniest apartment and we have two cats and a dog and each other (laughs) We're running two businesses in a whole life. So we are... It would capacity. Be, it would be very easy for this to go like over the edge. But if people always ask me, like, oh, how do you two make it work working from home? And I'm just like, well, it's communication. Hugely. And I think the fact that we're trying to manage our, our lives and our businesses in the same space and the lines aren't always the clearest thing, but we have to manage that ourselves and say, okay, we know when, say, for example, you've got your client calls, we know when those times are. So I'll be like, okay, well, I will. I can do my work in that time. And then when it comes to the end of your client day, I can be like, hey, we can just be a couple now as yeah. if we'd been at separate jobs and we haven't having our dinner together or we'll go out for the evening, yeah. that kind of thing. And I think the really interesting thing is like we have a shared, we have separate businesses. They cross over in the sense that you you're an actual employee of my business because you do all my audio editing and I, you know, I'm a sounding board for you in your business. And we also, but we have our own separate identities and our own different purposes, I guess you could call it in our yeah. work, but we have a very shared creative, we have a very shared vision for our life yeah. that like if some, what we're building is the same, but it's like, we have our own identities that we're nurturing within our work. 
But I find that vision we have for our life, that in terms of like the freedom we want and what matters most to us and how we prioritize our time, that vision is the biggest anchor for everything that I do because like that's what guides all the decisions I make is like, is this helping me build the life that I want to be building? No, definitely. And I think the way we view our life together is that's the the center and the core and they said the anchor of everything that we do and our and our work is almost like a satellite of that. That's the important part for us. Yeah. That we see the way we live our life in our tiny home with our with our animals. <laughs> and I think like whether or not you're building a creative life in tandem with a partner or by yourself, I think that is the biggest thing is like what's your vision for your life? And is everything fueling that and like tied up in our vision is like the impact we want to have in the world and also the life we want to live in. It's, just, it's all mixed in together, but that is the thing that guides everything. That's the thing that makes sure that we're pursuing the goals and the lifestyle that matters to us and we're not being distracted by things that don't matter. So I guess it's just that encouragement to be like, do you know what that guiding anchor for your life is? And whether it's with a partner or whether it's by yourself or whether it's whatever your setup is. But I think it's really, I feel very blessed and lucky. I hate that. God. I'm so blessed. Hashtag blessed. <laughs> but I feel so lucky to have the ability to build this life together. Like having the freedom that we have is wonderful, but like having that shared life is very lovely. And I feel like it's, um, yeah, it's maybe something that you don't, you don't hear about this behind the scenes much as oh, you hear about people's like forward fronting. I'm not making sense. Front end. Front end. Public. Okay. Okay. So marriage counseling session aside. <laughs> <laughs> also we got married last year and it was the coolest thing and i'm gonna put the link to our wedding in the show notes just in case you were losing like me and you're like well, looking at people's weddings we got married in paris it was very cool it was <laughs> okay are you ready to talk about podcasting let's do it okay this is something i can't talk about <laughs> <laughs> this is maybe where i will talk less okay Okay, why is podcasting a great platform for creative business owners? It feels like a little bit of a dumb question because we're already seeing every day why it's a great platform. But for anyone listening who wants to create a podcast, it is an amazing platform creatives and for creative business owners too. So yeah, thoughts please, Alex. On why podcasting is a great platform. I think for creative business owners, it gives you and your and your audience, it, you have a new relationship and a new avenue to convey what your message is in a way that you can't do through whether it's written blog posts or Instagram photos, for example, the fact that you can have this voice in your ear is way more intimate and personal than any of those other formats. So for example, you with your podcast, you've said that clients have come to you because of hearing you and listening to your voice and the way you communicate as a human being by speaking, and they've come to you and wanted to work with you as a result of hearing you. They're not going to get that kind of relationship through your written content even though they obviously will love it and still have read it i think it's a great way to diversify your content like when they read something it's like a very quiet intimate experience in one way but then when they listen to you talk they get to hear layers of your energy that they don't they just can't pick, take away from yeah. written content and they also get to engage with you like they can listen to, people are busy like they don't always have time to read blog posts but a podcast they can listen to you know while they're driving somewhere or while they're walking somewhere or at the gym and i think audio content as a business owner is a great way to tell your story in a different way and to share your ideas in a more engaging way and a great way to introduce your work to more people because for example if you've got guests on they're sharing that episode with their community yeah and also podcasts exist when content exists on your website it just exists on your website your podcast will exist on you know apple podcasts it'll exist in these different places whereas if it gets enough engagement it's going to be recommended in different spots as well so it's a great way to diversify your content to share your message and also from like a personal level it's really 
fun like it pushes you to use your voice actually use your voice yeah. rather than just writing it you're gonna understand a lot more that there's a human on the end of what you're reading or watching viewing when you can hear them there's that connection that you don't get as much because like you said you're literally hearing somebody's voice you're hearing a human being so you get to know them more you're building that relationship with a listener if you're a business owner and using a podcast your listeners are going to hear you and think hey i can I can visualize this person when I'm reading that content. I might read it in their voice, for example. So there's going to be that trust built as well. It's like another layer that you can use to to yeah. the content that you're yeah. already putting out there. And it's a great way to kind of bring your message to life, I think, especially if you've got guests coming on. So if, if the show's got a wider reach than just you, you've got a way to kind of, you've got your belief system. And say you're interviewing guests around topics that you're passionate about, you're able to go, have a wider conversation. You're able to create a resource that can be really encouraging and interesting and insightful for your audience. So it's a great way to nurture your audience. It's a great way to get your message out there. It's There's no cons to podcasting, actually, apart from, <laughs> I think, any client I work with who wants to start a podcast, it's either the fear of talking. I think doing audio is never as scary as video is, but it's mm. still scary just in the terms of you can get in your own head about it. And we all have these weird, like for me, I don't have the nicest accent and I speak really fast, which yeah. my American podcast reviewers like to tell me about on, on the reviews. That's, like That was a funny review. Alex, so anyone listening who has a show, your reviews are like different per country. Yeah. So if you're listening on Apple podcasts in the UK and look on the the directory there, there's going to be different reviews than the US version of it. So we can Alex. say this. On, there, was, there was a review on the US store for Make It Happen that was something along the lines of, for Pete's sake, can you slow down when you talk? <laughs> and I get it. Like I speak so fast and it's just how I speak. And I could have never done this podcast because I'm self-conscious of the way I speak and I say like a lot and I ramble and I just, but it hasn't stopped me. Yes, some people might have listened to this and thought, what the fuck? Well, she shut the hell up. But that's okay because if someone meets me in real life or they hire me as their coach this is how I sound exactly and that goes back to being this is like the authentic version of yourself that people are going to understand when they read your content if they've heard your podcast if it goes from listening to you first and then reading it they'll be able to read it and understand more of you because they've heard more of an unfiltered version of you rather than an edited text yeah, so they'll understand yeah. the way you speak the way you convey your message in a human way that's been recorded to tape rather than something that you've written down and try to convey it through words, which is going to be a, a lot more limiting. Yeah, and I think it's there's so many layers where you can be like, oh, my voice doesn't sound good, or all those kind of things, but it's just, you can only show up as yourself. Completely. And the, I think what is great about podcasting is there's the options are literally endless. No, there like, is, there's, there's no restriction on formats. There's no, like, a TV show that has to be 30 minutes or 45 minutes an hour that has to fit into a certain schedule. You can do a podcast that one week is an interview with three people and the next one can be a five minute talk on a topic that you just want to riff on which you've done you've done many episodes of you talking around a topic but you've also got guests with great interviews like myself <laughs> and i i like you can if you just pick off the basic ones is like okay there's an interview show there's a solo show there's a co-host show yeah there's like a story show so yeah, like you can, you can make like narrative episodes which you know i don't know if people what people listen to but things like startup or yeah things like that where You've, you're telling a story through recorded tapes that you've pieced together and to create a narrative. Yeah. The options are endless. And I think that's what's so exciting about podcasts. Mm -hmm. And people, we are in like 
We're at peak podcast. We're in peak TV and we're in peak podcast. Oh no, we got we got plenty to go in peak podcast. We've got like so much more to go, but people are engaging with podcasts. Like people are excited. People, everyone's asking their friends what you're listening to. Like yeah. people love podcasts, and I think it is. So yes, I think we've now established that. But you all probably knew this that podcasts are a great tool, and especially for creative people, it's another muscle to use. Yeah. it's a new way to. Me and Alex were talking about this as we were preparing for this episode, and we kept coming back to the analogy of. Many of us never picked up a camera in our life, but now we use Instagram regularly. Mm-hmm. We built this skill of, oh, I can take a photo and I know how to edit it. Podcasting is kind of the same. It's just a new way to express your creativity and your ideas Definitely. and connect with people. And I think also as well, when we were talking about, we said Pete Podcast, we've still got a way to go because the podcasting technology is still developed. There's mm-hmm. still new services coming up that are trying to make podcasting easier. There's Anchor, which is a mobile app that will you can record straight onto it. You can get guests like calling into your show and it creates a podcast feed that gets shared to apple Podcasts, and it's all free and that's a great example of technology trying to help that to help podcasters start a show and i think that's something that people get turned off by is the barrier to entry to starting a show which is becoming easier and easier all the time yeah and i really hope when if someone wants to start a podcast what we're going to dive into next will hopefully just help you get your head into the space so you would think that the first thing to talk about is like editing and producing a show but I don't want to talk about that first I want to talk to Alex about actually defining and discovering like the style and sound of your show because that is that's everything that's the core of your show is like what's the show about how's the show going to sound how's the show going to make people feel all those kind of things editing comes next so Alex what do you think about exploring and defining the sound style and kind of like overall purpose of a podcast I think it's good to have a starting point and a clear way to move forward, having a clear idea of what you want your show to A, be about and B, knowing what you want to convey so that listeners will have something to take away from your show. The way that you make that happen can be absolutely anything. Say, for example, you've got an episode where you want to talk about a creative life and what you do. You could do something like a day in the life, like like a vlog, but an audio version of that. You could do it where you just talk about it to yourself like a solo show for five minutes you could do it where you interview people about their creative days there's all these avenues and all these different formats you can take but you understand at the end of the day the audience and the listeners are going to take away oh i understand how a creative has their day knowing those two things are the important things for going forward in terms of how you want to make the show how you want to produce it put it together that's the place to start is knowing what your show is going to be about and knowing what you want people to take away from it. Yeah, whenever I have a client who says, like, oh, I want to start a podcast, the things I recommend them to do first is, A, what's the show about, and who's it for? It's like if someone asks you, like, oh, hey, I start a podcast, what's it about? You should be able to say one sentence, like, oh, it's about this, this, this. Yeah, exactly. And then I also say, like, go and pick podcasts that you love and what do you like about them? Like listen to different styles of podcasts. I think we are in this age now where it would be very easy just for everyone if who wants that podcast just to do like straight up interview podcasts, mm-hmm. which are cool. They're, my favorite, they're one of my favorites to listen to, but it's not your only option. No, definitely not. And I think interview shows are the easiest to do because it's just two people chatting. It's You throw up a microphone in front of each person, you hit record and you're good to go. You might cut out some stuff like I will have done for this episode. <laughs> and... you can put it online and your podcast is ready to go it's a great interview hopefully you'll have listeners telling you i like this i like that and you can iterate on that to use a software development term and you can refine your show as it goes on based on what your the feedback you're getting from your listeners 
Yeah, I think it's also being really comfortable with the fact that you don't have to have the show nailed in. Like from the episode one, like it can be an experiment. You pe- People can evolve with the show as you evolve it. But I think my biggest encouragement would for, for anyone who's saying to themselves right now, like, yeah, I want to start a podcast, but there's so many out there, mm-hmm. would be like play around with format, like do something that feels exciting for you to do. I think a really good example is um interview shows that that narrate the episode a little bit more like mm-hmm. one i really love is a sailor the heart of it she kind of has a theme for each episode and she has a guest but she narrates around it and there's lots of sound design and like there's million one podcasts like this but i think that's a really cool way to take your listener on a full journey exactly that's more of a narrative style podcast and messing around with format is something that you've done as well you started off with 15 20 interviews and after towards the end of it you're like i'm kind of bummed out with interviews at this point i want to do something different and you're like well you know i've got these things that i want to talk about why don't i do these mini episodes talking around a topic and that becomes part of the podcast so your listeners they have something new to take on instead of being like oh jen does interviews they're cool i love the guests but it's like oh well there's also these other things that i can expect from this content stream yeah and i I also would say like get clear on Make sure you know what the show's for. Like, if you want to have, like, a big chart-topping podcast, that's going to look a little different to if you want to have a podcast that nurtures your specific audience. Because just the way you're approaching it and who you're trying to reach, because especially for business owners, if you want to use your podcast as a content marketing tool, you want to be narrowing in on who you're for and speaking directly for them. Whereas if you want something that's going to grow really big and actually become like an income stream for you or a whole new project for you, you probably want to think about it in wider terms in terms of how does this fit into podcasting in general. So for example, with Make It Happen, I just see Make It Happen as a content stream of my brand. It's just another space for me to share ideas and have conversations. Mm -hmm. I don't ever really think of Make It Happen as a podcast in the bigger scheme of things. I don't ever worry about it on the charts or because it it doesn't exist for anything other than a way for me to show up and create content that supports my people. Completely. And you don't you don't track the stats for your show because you don't want to get to the point where you're thinking, oh well if I get this many listeners in, I can reach out to brands and get sponsors for the show and make money off that because for you you make money from doing your client work that's where that's the important thing for you so if your podcast helps attract clients that's the purpose it serves yeah it's like for example i I get pitches a lot for the show even though i don't accept submissions and i recently got a pitch from someone who is huge like a huge person and they said in the pitch you do this episode, we're going to push you out to a lot of people. And I, I mean, I was fully booked for the season already, but I turned them down, not because I don't respect them like their work, but I didn't want to talk to that person. I didn't have any energy behind, I didn't have something I was burning to ask them about. It only would have been like a you scratch my back, I scratch your back episode. And also it wasn't necessarily going to be something that was useful for your audience. Exactly. Which is the important part. Yeah. And if I wanted to grow the show in a certain way, I would have said yes to that. But for me, it was a it was a straight up no from the get go because it wasn't aligned with what my purpose of the show is and the, the reason I'm sharing this with everyone is because I think once you know the purpose of your show in terms of the content you want to create and why you're doing this then that helps guide all the decisions you make and I think in terms of sound and sound and style of the show I would just encourage people to be like have a little more fun with it like mm. like if you want to create a podcast listen to different shows and see what you like see what feels good like don't feel like you have to box yourself into like a certain style like i would say like do some like pure market research and listen to different shows yeah. and don't think that just because something sounds highly produced that you couldn't actually create that yourself too it's just i bet there was a time when you didn't think you could like do nice instagram photos or couldn't write blog content or build your own website on squarespace you just had to learn a new skill to do something no, completely and i think to the point where you're saying that 
oh, don't be like put off if somebody else is doing it. There's was some comic I saw that was like, oh, hey, audiences like more cake. <laughs> <laughs> so you might you might be making one kind of cake, but somebody else has made it that cake. More cake for the audience. Yeah, and you have something to say. Like, if you have a perspective on your industry, the conversation. Say, for example, you want to do an interview show on a certain subject, but there's someone else who's doing something similar. The conversations you'll have will still, even if you had exactly the same guests as them, your conversations would still be different because you're going to ask different questions and you're going to have a different perspective. So I think it's, I think with podcasting in some ways, it's look what's happening on around you. But then I would encourage you to try and create your podcast in a little bit of a back, like in a little bit of a rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. Like don't really care too much about what's happening around you. Your best content's going to come from what you want to say and what you want to do. So it's like, no, look at the industry, but then create the best damn show you can create. Don't worry too much about and I think that's the thing. Don't put too much pressure on it to be something from the get-go. If you just if you're making a show and you're just dipping your toes into it, just see what happens when you start doing it. Don't say, don't start out with the goal of, okay, I'm gonna start my interview podcast and expect it to be number one on Apple mm-hmm. Podcasts within three weeks because hey, you might have the biggest audience in the world and that might happen, but it's not realistic for everyone. If you just say, Hey, I wanna try this out and flex this muscle, let's see where it goes. Let me see if I can just get five interviews done and I will launch it in three weeks, that gives you a good time to practice, play around. And your first draft might end up being the one that goes up, but you might listen to it at the end of it and be like, Hey, you know what? I can probably tweak this, that, and the other. And it, it helps you grow. It's just like everything, like all creativity is practice. Yeah. And the advice I always give clients when they're starting a show is like surrender to being a beginner. Like Mm. your first episode's not going to be as good as your 10th episode and your 20th episode's going to be way better too. And it's like, just when I look back to the first season, I interviewed differently. Like I did everything differently and our workflow together was different. And Mm -hmm. now, even now working on this new season, if I could go back and do every episode differently, I would do something a little differently. Like I know there's still ways I want to grow in how I show up for this show. And that's okay because no one's asking you to be perfect. People just want you to create interesting, engaging content that your people want to hear from you. And if you have something to say, a podcast can be a great tool to say it. And it can be overwhelming because it can feel like, oh my God, but I've got to learn how to record and edit. But that's where Alex is going to come in. So I'm going to pick his brain. Yes. So someone's got their idea. Mm-hmm. Do you know what style and format they want? Now they're like, what the hell do I do <laughs> next? So someone's got an idea for a podcast. What should they do next to actually take it from idea to live on iTunes? Apple Podcasts. Apple Alex podcasts keeps telling got, me. They got a rebrand. <laughs> so yeah, what should they do first in terms of they're like, okay, how am I going to, how am I going to record this show? Yeah, the good thing is that there's like a million and one ways to take a photo. There's a million and one ways to record something and set it live. There's plenty of tools on the low end. You can literally just record on Skype. There's a call recorder for what, 20 quid? You can interview someone, stick in your... That's what I use. Exactly. You stick in your, your iPhone headphones and you can record it and you can throw that straight up if you want, put some music underneath it and you'll be good to go in an afternoon. There's obviously like editing software that you can use. Audacity is a free one. There's GarageBand that's built into most Macs. If you're into the Adobe suite, you've got Audition that comes as part of it. All these tools that are available that can help you make the show. And at the end of the day, it's just tools. Whichever one works best for you is the right one. And what would you say to someone who who wants to edit their own show and has no idea what to do? Like, and they don't want and they don't in the markets like pay for a way to learn. Like, where should they go to learn how to edit a show? YouTube. I guess where where would you learn to do anything i know i come back to the photo analogy but you might go onto youtube to learn how to use your camera or to learn lightroom mm-hmm. but 
the same thing applies to the tons of YouTube videos. I've used them plenty for wanting to use Pro Tools and trying to learn how to do certain things and still go back to it to, to keep learning. I think that's the way to go. Because Alex is a podcast editor by trade. You have a music tech degree. And I was picking his brain a few weeks ago. I was like, what's the difference between what you can do as someone who is trained in this and who does this for a living and what someone who can just self teach themselves to do because I I feel like having a podcast like for personally if Alex wasn't my husband and wasn't my podcast editor I would still hire a podcast editor because for me I'm at a stage where I would have the ability to do that and also it's just not worth it for me time-wise to edit it's I that's not where I want to put my life minutes and I'm happy to outsource that it's only probably the only area of my business that I will outsource I just happen to be able to do it with my life partner as well so it's wonderful but what would you but but a lot of people do edit their own show and it sounds amazing and it's not because they didn't have to go spend three years getting a degree to be able to do that so what would you so yeah like someone by themselves can teach themselves how to still produce a great show that probably the only reason you would hire an editor is if you want to outsource the time yeah or if you just want someone who alex can do certain things that probably the average person wouldn't know to do because you know how to use the software more yeah i mean there's there's certain audio treatments like mixing and just to polish our voices and things so yeah even though having an editor is great and you can do things that even if I spent years learning, I couldn't do it myself. I do think for someone getting started, you can make a great show by yourself. And I think it's it's kind of empowering yourself to be like, oh, wait, I can do this. I've had so many clients who've come on a call with me and been like, Jen, I really want to start a podcast. And two weeks later, about our next call, they've got the first episode done because they just, they sat down, they went on some YouTube videos and they figured it out as they went. And I think it, it can be as accessible as you want it to be when you're getting started. Completely. And I think, like we said, whichever tools you use, it's the right one for you because that's the one you're familiar with and you know how to use the more you learn, the better things get. Your first blog posts and your first Instagram photos were probably not going to be the finest photos or the best writing, but you've got better at it the more you've done it. And the same applies to podcasting as well. Just because it's a new medium in sound and audio doesn't mean that the same rules don't apply. But if you were going to give someone like, if they were wanted practical advice, like what would be the one thing you would recommend they should, like I asked you the other day and you were like, microphone is probably the key one. Yeah, microphone makes a big difference much in the same way a camera makes a difference to your photos. Um, you don't need a thousand pound microphone to get great sound. You don't need to go to Abbey Road Studios to <laughs> record in a perfect recording studio. We recorded your audiobook under a duvet in a wardrobe <laughs> because it helped deaden the sound and there's just small treatments like that. But yeah, a microphone that you can get for like 40, 50 quid off Amazon is not going to break the bank, but it's going to be better than, say, recording from your headphones or into your phone or from your laptop microphone. And just some little things like that that will make a big difference to your audio quality. And what would you recommend for actually prepping like your scene for recording? Like if you're like you're recording in your home, there's like certain time, certain parts of your home that are gonna give you bad sounds, certain parts like what would you recommend for someone to like creating a good sound recording space in their own home? Yeah, controlling the environment is the best thing you can do as much as you can. So we're recording in a room right now with a dog that's running around and that's not the best recording environment, but hopefully it still sounds okay. <laughs> but just things like making sure you're away from any loud noises, hopefully not on the street or with an open window, just in a quiet space is going to make sure you capture just your voice. And then when it comes to the actual final edit, your listeners aren't going to get distracted by other noises in the background. It's going to be hopefully just focused on on what you're talking about. And what about echo? Because that's something I see a lot of my clients get stressed out about with their podcasts. So if you've got an interview that you've recorded on Skype, always, always, always wear headphones because if you can hear the other person without headphones, then so can your microphone and that's going to give you some echo. 
Um, again, if you're in a room with high ceilings and big echoey space, that's going to get picked up on your microphone as well. So basically, if you can hear something, then so can the microphone. Yeah. That's a good rule to stick to. I think it's also like me and Alex come at this from very different ways in terms of like Alex is probably more on the perfectionist side of things than me and he loves sound like sound's your favorite thing in the world whereas I'm very much just like let's just get the good content we live in a city we can't actually escape like I remember I was recording an audiobook last year and there was drilling work right outside our window and we had to like keep stopping and starting but especially if you live in a city or on a main road you can't actually avoid like the ambulance noises no. and the car alarms that go off all the time so it's kind of also doing the best you can with the environment you're in definitely and there's lots of like there's just like when alex records he puts like a duvet over his head and it like blocks out the sound i think it's tiny things you can do to get a little bit more sound we are living in a time now where there's so many podcasts out there that if somebody already loves you and is connected with your brand they're probably going to listen no matter the sound quality but if someone is new being introduced to your show if you've got terrible sound quality it may make them it may harm their ability to really connect with the show because it's hurting their ears to listen to it well definitely and i think like there's, there's always a baseline of acceptable quality in any field. Like, I don't think you would take a wedding photographer seriously if they just showed up with their iPhone and said they're going to take all the photos with it. And the same goes, like, I'm not going to record a podcast on my phone and have it on the other side of the room while I record. That's just not going to sound great. So it's the same kind of thing. Just like, you're going to have like a, a baseline standard. And as long as you're in that range, you'll probably be good to go. And I think it's going back to like, the idea of being a beginner is like, don't let being at the starting point of your sound quality stop you from getting your show out there if you want to get it out there because you can grow into it and also it's free content that you're creating no one's Mm -hmm. expecting you to i think with audio the sound quality is only as good as the content of the show well that's the other thing as well like as long as it's not dire the content's always going to be the important thing that people take away hopefully they're going to hear something and be like oh i really enjoyed what was said here not oh i really enjoyed how well this was recorded yeah. So if someone's like using Audacity or like GarageBand to for free editing, what would be and they've they're kind of they're going on YouTube and they're figuring out like how to teach themselves how to edit, what would be the things as an editor that you would recommend them to kind of look out for in those type of tools to make their show sound as well as possible, or like different things they can do to really make the most out of the editing software that's available to them? I think it doesn't really matter which tools it is. I think something that's important is to just when you're editing, try and think like a listener. If I was listening to this, would I want to hear this, that, and the other. And it goes back to the first thing we said, which was, what do you want your audiences to take away from a show? If someone has a huge rambling answer full of backstory and twists and turns, but really the important things they're saying are within the first 30 seconds and then the last 30 seconds, just cut that middle section out because the answer is still going to sound great and it's going to hit harder and the audience is going to take away what you want them to take away. Just thinking like that and thinking like, what do I want the listeners to take away is going to inform, it's going to inform how you edit and what you choose to keep and take out yeah, in an that, episode. That's what I find so helpful collaborating on Make It Happen With You is I can finish an interview and I can be like, oh, I really love these bits of it. Oh, at this bit, I think I rambled. Oh, this question feels, this answer feels a bit long. How can we cut it while keeping in what's important? That is that is a really fun part of being able to collaborate on the show because I can get out of my own head. Mm-hmm. And I think another piece of advice I would give for someone if they're going to edit their own show would be make yourself feel a bit more objective. Mm-hmm. Like when I, like I try and treat the sh- like once I've done what I've done, I can't then go in and start like judging myself for what I've said. It's like, well, this is what I said. I showed up as my myself now let's get the best episode out there let's take my ego and my feelings out of it that helps me a lot yeah and if if you're doing everything yourself that's also going to be something that you have to keep in mind like we've at least you've at least got me to bounce things off and ask for a second opinion on if you're doing everything yourself i think trusting your own gut and just saying like well i do want this that and the other to be in there take this out and be okay with it 
I think you're going to be the person that knows your podcast best and knows how you want it to come across. Yeah, I think it's like also if you think about when you're developing a brand or a blog, for example, you're choosing kind of what your pillars are, like what your um, values are for the show. I think that's another important thing to have for a podcast is like, no, for example, a good example is Nicole Antoinette. She has a podcast called Real Talk Radio, which you've probably heard me listen to a million and one times. Probably. I love it. And one of her, she's like a sponsorship free show. It's all Patreon funded. But one of her biggest, um, I guess, values behind the show is that the guests don't have agendas. They're not on there to try and sell you something, even if they do have something to sell that, that it's just having honest conversations. And I feel so safe listening to that show because I know that I'm hearing the truth. I'm not going to be pitched at the end for something. I'm not going to feel like someone's showing up in a certain way. It just feels so honest and true. And I think sometimes also exploring like what's like the very heart behind the show and then just use your edit like your audio is your audio style is just there to facilitate that like if you want to make people if you want to take people on a journey use your editing to take people on a journey and make it easy for them and it's it's the same kind of mindset applies to when you're editing a blog post you're going to be like well i want to say this at start and then this will be in the middle and this will be the end it's the same structuring and rules apply to when you're hopefully piecing together a a podcast episode yeah what do you think about like music for the show in terms of a where should people go and look for it if they don't want to like commission a composer (laughs) and number two like should they think a little deeper than just what sounds nice um i again it's just there's no rules on this there's a free music archive if you google that i think it's dot org is a good place to find a bunch of at least royalty free music it's always good to just uh credit the composers for for the piece maybe link back to them but the music is just whatever you want it to be. If you want it to say a certain tone or to be in a certain way, as long as the music doesn't get in the way of what you're saying, I think is a good rule of thumb. Try and keep things as minimal as possible. So it's more like music wallpapering. It's kind of just creating a mood for what, you're, for what your episode is about. Yeah, I really, I feel like sound design in that way has got to be the same as like website design. Like the colors you're choosing are saying something about your brand. Mm-hmm. So the music you have is setting the tone when someone starts listening to it. If you've got like, I remember the other day I was listening to a podcast and it had like a really like electronic beat. And then the woman whose show it was, she wasn't the intro. It was like this like man's voice is the intro. And I was just like, oh, I don't like this. Like the music (laughs) wasn't a nice vibe. And then this weird like radio man voice. But you love disco. (laughs) I don't. It it was kind of like anyone who knows me well enough knows that Pitch Perfect's my world's biggest guilty pleasure. It was kind of like if Das Sound Machine, if anyone listening knows who that is, made like a podcast intro music. But it but That sounds amazing. (laughs) (laughs) I really disconnected from first listen. And there's nothing wrong with this show. It was a fantastic show. It's a very popular show. But I'm probably just not its ideal target audience because I listened to the rest of the episode and it was fantastic. Mm. But the opening didn't feel how the episode made me feel. And so that was interesting. So I think it's it's thinking about it in a holistic way of like, how's this all making people feel as they engage with this show? And I also think don't you don't have to be too wedded to your music as well. It can change anytime you want it. You can change it from the next episode to the next. And as long as it's kind of serving a purpose, I think that's the important thing. Yeah. Something I've been talking to you about a lot recently is the idea of a lot of people want to like create and edit their own podcast, but no one's really having the conversation that I've seen around producing your own show, kind of seeing it cohesively, if you know what I mean. What would you say to someone who, well, what would you say about that, about like the becoming your own podcast producer of your own show? I think this goes back to, again, what we were saying at the start is like, what's the purpose of it and what's the what do you want people to take away from your show? Because that informs all the decisions that you make during the creation of it, from recording, editing, music, sound design, all of those things feed back to the the why 
of your show. So once you've got those settled, then you can, that's when you start making the specific decisions. Yeah. What are a couple of shows that you really like the actual like, overall production of? And what is it? What can you take away from what you like about those productions that people could take away from listening today? That is a great question. I really like the daily, the New York Times daily news podcast, mostly because it's talking, it's talking about the news, but with the experts, but it also weaves in the relevant news interviews, sound clips to help explain it. And it also, the fact that the New York Times can actually just draw on its reporters based in wherever the relevant story is to actually give more first-hand reporting on it. That's a great show. But I would say something about the dailies is the sound quality isn't always actually great in terms of if they're doing like a Skype, a phone call interview with someone. Mm-hmm. I'll be listening to it sometimes with you and I'll just be like, but I, I don't care because it is. And the intro music, when it kicks in, it's like, you know, you're watching the daily and it's like, it's it's so well produced in terms of content wise that when the sound's a bit off for a reason that, because they're producing that literally every day daily. Mm-hmm. You can forgive a show for having bad sound quality in that way. I think it also adds to the charm of the show because, hey, if there's a reporter that's calling in from Syria Syria. or a war zone, then you're not going to have the clearest phone line. (laughs) So I think it adds to the immediacy and the urgency of what's being reported on and what's being discussed that you get to understand what's being reported. And again, it goes back to audio being an intimate medium you're going to take away a greater understanding of what you're listening to. What about a show that you love that has like fantastic like sound design and sound production? Oh man, there's tons. Um, one that I love is a show called The Memory Palace, which is just the narrator, Nate DeMeo, who creates it, writes these vignette stories about characters and people from American history, not the most well-known ones, but it just underscores it with music, so it's quite cinematic in that way. And that's all it is. It's just him, it's his voice and some choice music and it's amazing the production of it well just the simplicity of it uh, against the effect of it it's just his voice and some music and the outcome of it is is lovely it's these lovely little stories that you'll learn something it's like listening to a piece of music where it just it takes you somewhere else my actually biggest encouragement would be, like, I know that we're not really reinventing the wheel that much with Make It Happen. It's very much just like an interview show. Mm-hmm. If I, I remember last year when we were visioning what this season could be, we had some big plans for it. And then I just didn't have the energetic space to, to go to that space. I know in the future we'd love to play around with it a little bit more. But my advice would be for anyone who wants to kind of maybe switch up their podcast or do something that's a bit different and interesting is take um, examples from from podcasts completely different to yours. So for example, a, a narrative podcast or a news podcast or like anything that is not like, say for example, in the creative business world can maybe help you to think about how to structure and produce your show in a different way. And it gets audiences attention. If you know, like if I, if a show comes out in, in the kind of creative business world that's playing with different formats and if I'm going to pay attention more and I'm going to think oh wow like that, that 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 excites me as a podcast listener no definitely and I think I know I keep using analogies to different mediums but like you know video in itself just a visual thing can be whether it's like an advert or a YouTube video or a vlog or a full-length film a podcast can be anything in those time frames it can be anything at all that you want it to become there's no preset notion of what a podcast should be it's just anything that's just on demand audio that you can just listen to at any time i think that's pretty much the only definition of a podcast that most people would agree on so listening to different shows is going to be as good an education on what a podcast could be as if you watched a thousand and one films if you wanted to be a filmmaker yeah and as a host of a show i remember when we first ever recorded anything and i was so self-conscious and you had to keep saying project your voice project your voice and i would say 
it's not going to come overnight, but commit to a journey of you becoming more and more confident with hosting your show and finding your voice as an interviewer or as a narrator or as a storyteller. But also, just from personal experience, don't get in your head too much about it. You are who you are at the end of the day. And some people do a really good job of being very presentary in their episode. Mm-hmm. I'm just not like that because that's just not my... And I Sometimes I wish I could do the show like that, but all you're going to get is just what I can do. And some people do it more like I do where they just show, show with themselves. I would say... Be okay with showing up how you want to show up and it's a journey. Like I, I listen to shows where you can tell halfway through they they changed the way they spoke because they just learned how to speak better. I personally don't have the skills to do that. No, but that's, I think that goes back to when we say creativity is practice. The more you do something, the more you're going to learn from yourself and the things you've done, but also hopefully you'll have some feedback along the way to also give you some guidance about where to go and create some clearer definition about what the things you want to make will become. Ultimately, it should be fun. Like... Like I wouldn't do, I've taken breaks from this when it stopped being fun for me or mm-hmm. when it stopped feeling like a priority. And I've, whenever I've come back to it, it's been such a joy to have the conversations or to have the ability to share different ideas with people in this way. And I think I would just say, if you've got something you want to say and it feels like something you want to build into your, you want to spend your time doing, go for it, have fun. Like Alex has a blog full of advice, even just for things like how to upload your podcast to like Apple Podcasts and like all those different types of things like all the I always say to clients when they want to start podcasts it's all figure outable like all the nitty-gritty things of like how to upload it or how to edit it. it's just like you just there's a step that everyone follows like how to create your RSS feed all of that is doable the most important thing is what's the purpose of your show what's the vibe of your show what are the conversations you want to have and how do you want the show to make people feel and how do you want people to like engage with the show definitely that is what's I thought to wrap it up this episode it would be fun to kind of talk about some of the key things we've learned about making make it happen together sounds good it's been what three years now at least I would say the biggest the biggest thing that I've learned is like just how powerful podcasting can be Mm. in like I don't think there's a single one of my clients actually maybe just a handful who haven't like listened to the show before hiring me which is wonderful because if they can listen to this really strange northern accent and still want to work with me I'm very grateful but I think I've learned to in in terms of interviewing guests my biggest encouragement would be bring on guests that you're really excited to talk to bring on guests that you've got too many questions to fill an episode with um do your research on them beforehand even if you feel like you know their work like it, nothing feels better when I've been a guest on other people's shows is when they're asking me really insightful questions where I know that they're interested in hearing my perspective on that, when it doesn't feel like I'm just filling another episode slot. That feels really good. So pick guests that you're excited to talk to, do your research, like prep what you want to talk to them about, have fun in the conversation. Don't be afraid during the recording if you mess up a little bit because the editing process saves that for you. And just know what your show is is about and who it's for and don't be afraid to play around with things like when I've done mini episodes or when I've taken a break when I've needed to my yeah and in terms people always ask me like oh how do you pitch a guest to come on the show my biggest advice is like most people love to talk about themselves because we're humans and we're natural we're storytellers at the end of the day the only reason someone will probably say no to your show is either because they don't have time right now or your show just doesn't feel like a good fit for them send someone like a nice friendly email let them know about your show let them know why you'd love them to be a guest and make it easy for them to say yes give them a booking link to schedule into your calendar let them know what you're going to be asking them about and just be okay with whatever happens next is out of your control but I've never had anyone say no to come on the show ever I've only ever asked people I've wanted to ask and I've asked a lot of friends and a lot of clients but I only ever say no to podcast requests if the show doesn't feel like a good fit or mostly if I just don't have time in that season to do it but what about you what have you learned from making the show together for three years um, well, it was good practice for me. Like, it's a good way to for me. It started to, your whole career. Well, pretty much. Like, it was the it was the first show I did since I was obligated to do so. <laughs> from 
the technical editing standpoint, I've like I've tried different things out and experimented with different ways that we can record, different ways that I can edit and mix and make it sound the best that it can do. So even I'm always learning all the time, and so have you been in terms of how we make it. And I think that's the important thing is that as long as each episode you feel is better than the last one, you're always going to be making progress in what you're doing. Seeing audio as some scary thing, it'll hold you back. Mm. Whereas if you think of it as like, hey, this is just a new medium, but if I approach it in the same way that I've approached all the other things that I've done in my creative work, then it will it will come and it will happen. Yeah, no, definitely. And I would say like another thing we've really learned, and this comes down to your own individual workflow, is we work best getting ahead with the show. Mm-hmm. When we launched it, we were just doing episodes a week at a time. And when, when I was sick or I couldn't do it, we'd just be behind. And so we try and like, for example, this season, it's an eight episode season. I've recorded it over two days and it's all done in advance pretty much because that's the only way we can do this show within the realities of our life. And so it's just also a lot of people say they know what they want the show to be about, they feel confident with the editing, but then they're like, how the hell do I make time to do this? I would say it doesn't take as much time as you think it will, but it does take a lot of time. I think it's the editing that eats up the most time. I don't have to do that, so I'm coming at this with rose-tinted glasses. <laughs> I think just approaching it like you would any other project. Like if if you're a writer, you're saying like, well, like, these are my writing days, or however you structure your writing habit, whatever your approach is, just apply the same to podcasting and to recording and creating a podcast. There's no... There's no right or wrong way to do it, as we've hopefully highlighted. Yeah, many of my clients who've started shows, some of them recorded like all the season in advance, mm. and that helped give them peace of mind. Some of them got half in advance. Give yourself what you need for this to be a fun process. Definitely. If you need to get in advance, get in advance. If you need, also, if you have to miss a week, the world's not going to end. No. And the other thing is, you can just throw up a thirty-second thing saying, "Like, oh, hey, there's no episode this week. Next week there will be." Yeah, my, my, and I guess my last piece of advice for anyone who wants to start a podcast specifically for their creative business and to fit into their content marketing plan is that although your podcast does exist as a standalone content stream, make sure you look at it still within the entire ecosystem of not just your content but your business. Like, make sure your podcast is working for you. It's something really silly as make sure you're telling people on the podcast who you are and what you do just in the intro and make sure you're giving them something to do at the end of the show bring them back to your site if you've got an email list give them an incentive to come and connect with you more because it can sometimes exist just a little bit within the apple podcast app so make sure you see it as how it fits into your bigger picture because your podcast can do incredible it can be like a really good secret weapon for you but you've got to still make it work for you within your business again just what we said that define what your podcast should be and what people should take away from it that's the purpose for a creative business is that you're gonna get people to know more about you and the way you work then that's the purpose of it yeah and i think another thing that i've really taken away from doing make it happen is and i don't know if sometimes this frustrates alex but it's kind of like for me i i do the bare bones when it comes to this show i record interviews i give it to alex to do i don't really want to do anything else of it i'm not doing like a big social media campaign for each episode i'm not pushing it in any other way i'm just putting it out there into the world i don't do any like quotable graphics which i actually love that other shows do but the reason i don't is because it takes enough energy to make the show my priority is the content and just putting it out there it wouldn't it doesn't feel like how I want to spend my time is doing all the other kind of production you could do around sharing a show. Not to say that's not worth other people's time, but I guess I'm just sharing this to say it's okay to kind of podcast how you want to. If you don't want to track the stats or have a big social media arc to it or make it fancy in any way, that's okay. It's kind of do it on your terms and pour your energy into what matters to you with the show. Don't worry about taking off the 10 things that might be on the list for how to create a successful podcast. No, definitely. It's like success is whatever metric you set it to be. There's no right and wrong way to do it yeah no well, i hope this has been helpful for people honestly if you want more help alex's blog is like i send your content to my clients all the time yes. and there is just like podcasting is 
such a there's so much content out there to help you in this journey like youtube's going to teach you how to edit it like hugely i think it's there's, there's a good diy attitude to to podcasting as well even though it's like there's definitely a professionalization happening yeah. in the top end of things but like if you think about the client the clients you edit for are people who are doing who are who are at a level where their show is more than just a show now they're also doing conferences so they monetize it in different ways completely it's okay to but then there's lots of people kind of making diy homegrown shows and that's awesome too it's kind of it's okay to be wherever you are definitely okay so you ready for quick fire round yes (laughs) you're such a loser thank you what's the best book you've read recently is it my mini book the best book (laughs) everyone should go download that and read that great bedtime reading <laughs> uh the last book i finished reading was called homo deus which was about sort of like the predictions for the future of humanity and the way technology can influence it and change it it's a couple of years old so it's interesting to see how things have actually panned out did it predict i think it's still tracking it's still early but it was a bit of a nerdy read okay if you could have a coffee date with a creative hero or inspiration dead or alive who would it be and i know i'm your biggest hero but you have coffee dates with me every day so pick someone else okay you don't even drink coffee (laughs) (laughs) i'm going to say the composer oliver arnold's i don't know if i pronounced his name right is he the one we get to see and did broadchurch yes he composed the music for broadchurch and i like he he kind of has a good a good blend of straight up like piano classical music with some sort of technological elements that feeds my my nerdy side <laughs> okay end of life please don't embarrass me uh, <laughs> i know what you're gonna say and i just can guess end of life what's job completely different to what you do now that you think you would have been awesome at you think i'm gonna say football don't you <laughs> Alex is not like alpha macho male, but this like Alex loves sport. Like I can't tell you how much of my life I spend watching sport, like side eyed because it's on. And like Alex was once in the newspaper when he was a kid for scoring five goals for his local team, so he thinks that he was meant to be like a footballer. But yeah, okay, what what would you have done in another life? Footballer. <laughs> oh. Finally, if everyone listening could go do one thing next to connect with you and the awesome work you do, where should they go? Uh, my website for all things podcasting is sonics.io and that's pretty much where you'll find me for all the podcast related things. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you for inviting me to my living room. <laughs> and there we have it, today's episode. If you'd like to find out more about Alex and the awesome work he's doing in the world, head over to makeithappenpodcast.com where you can dive into this episode, show notes and all past episodes too. And if you'd like more from me, head over to jencarrington.com where you can explore all of the content I create for big-hearted creatives just like you. More than anything, thank you so much for listening along today and I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day ahead. Keep on doing the awesome work that you're doing in the world and I'll be rooting for you always.